Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Box Office Bingers. Today we are going to be having, or right now I should say, we are having our Halloween special. And Ernesto, this is a genre that, uh, the horror genre I should say, that we typically don't, don't dive into. But for, for this month, this year, we're going full force and we are devoting a whole episode to this specific genre and kind of going out of our our element here yeah well i mean maybe more out of your element for maybe you. more out of yeah i should say that more out of my I, here. i've watched i mean i've watched quite a few and my wife loves horror movies so we watch we watch them not quite a bit but when a good one comes up we usually go see it right and like and that's either in the theaters or shows like would you say you were watching more movies like would you go out to the theater and watch a horror movie or would you be uh, like maybe that's like, oh, these the horror genre is like a home viewing or like a theater viewing. Or are you more into the shows? Like, where where is your feel on that? Oh, uh, those are definitely theater movies. OK, because like, then you're in the dark. You're in sitting in a room with everybody who's watching the same story. So kind of like feeling the same energy almost. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like both, like Good a lot of people too. who are like, yeah. So I feel like the even the ones that are that maybe seem subpar now when you watch them at home or like with a bunch of other people around if you're not fully consumed in what you're watching then like especially with that kind of content then it, it comes off like not as scary or maybe like kind of fake or especially if you're not into that kind of stuff right right uh well this is definitely somewhat new territory for me like i've watched a couple in the past but it's not the one that i typically gravitate toward as if you've been listening to other episodes i've been I feel like I've been a, a broken record at this point because I've been saying it over and over again. Uh, but today we are consuming ourselves with all things horror. And uh, so we are going to kind of deep diving into the streaming services and seeing what they have to offer. So, uh, you know, strap in. We're going to be reviewing the entire series of The Haunting of Bly Manor. And Ernesto kind of got me into it with with uh, with. Uh, Hill House and this, the new series just came out, so we're excited to talk about that. And then after that, we're gonna, <laughs> Ernesto, we're diving into your childhood fears right here. We decided to dive in yeah. to uh, to watch a, a classic horror film that is available to us, and so we decided to dive into Hellraiser, a movie of which we never seen before. Yeah, never seen it, but <clears throat> I just remember as a kid walking by and seeing Pinhead on tv and i was like yeah that is absolutely terrifying and i never <laughs> want to look at that face ever again <laughs> like i don't need to see that but and then, then from then on i was like never gonna watch that movie but you know what matt i did it for you <laughs> thank you and i will hear your thoughts on that and see how you know if you conquered your fear obviously you watched it but like you know is it gonna haunt you for your days we'll find out later in the show uh yeah. 
<laughs> and then lastly, we're going to dive into uh, one of the Welcome to the Blumhouse. It's kind of like a anthology movie series that Blumhouse and Amazon kind of paired together. And they came out with four horror movies uh, to the streaming service, to Amazon Prime this month. And so we're, we are reviewing Black Box. That's one of the four. And, you know, kind of dive into one of some of the new one of the newer things that is coming out uh, this this time around. Uh, but before we talk about all that, I kind of want to dive into some of your uh, horror favorites, Ernesto. Like uh, which ones that maybe is a classic you got to watch every year, the ones that really resonate to you, ones that haunt you. So, like, where, where, where are some few that, you know, really, really gets you? Um. That would be Nightmare on Elm Street. I've really? seen like I've seen like the whole series. Now I couldn't. It's not something that I could quote, but it's it's one of those that I know that I've seen that story from start to finish. I even saw the new one they did uh, with the main guy who played Rorschach in um, Watchmen. Uh, his name oh. escapes me right now. But I I actually thought that one was pretty good. It it had you know everybody has mixed reviews. Nobody. Didn't think they should mess with the classic, but mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it nonetheless. That it used to scare me as a kid, like you know, the whole concept of somebody coming into your dreams. Because as a kid, you know that dreams are real. Because you know right. you go to sleep and kids dream or whatever. It's like, what if there is a monster who could come in my dreams and kill me? Like that that normally kills me, but when he actually kills me, it kills me in real life. Uh, so, that is terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's pretty yeah. scary. <laughs> pretty scary. <laughs> Especially as a kid. You know, when you think about it as when you're a kid, you think, you know, you think all this stuff is real. You don't think of it as a made up uh, a story that somebody came up with, you know. Absolutely. Um, I, I've seen mo- some of the Friday the 13th movies. OK, um, those those are those are really hit or miss. The Halloween movies are pretty good. I've seen quite a few. I've seen quite a few of those. What about you? Uh, so the one that like the top of my list and a lot of people, you know, in, in, involved with the horror franchise might disagree with me, but I really like Saw. Saw for me is like a really, and I've seen all of them. I own all of them. And for me, you know, a lot of people like the, 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 the blood, the gore, the, the, the traps that really just, you know, destroy your whole body or, you know, and kill you in an instinct toes type of situations. And those are interesting uh, that's not what i went there for what i went there for was you know believe it or not the story there is actually a decent story in every one of those and also, on top of that they had like a twist that i always enjoyed like they it was like you know it's like a simple thing that these characters could have done to get through this maze or these traps safely but because they pick you know terrible people the scum of the earth and they're only thinking about themselves they're not thinking for a way to collectively get out. They're just trying to protect their own. And so, and then that's how, I feel like that's how it kind of started. And then after that, they developed like kind of like their own story with, you know, returning characters and stuff like that. So that storyline was great. And I really liked, I didn't, I did not like the last movie. I think it was called Saw Whatever or Saw 7, the final chapter. And I just remember like, cause it, at that point, I'm just looking at like, all right, trap after trap, you know, all right, you dead. All right, you died this creative way and whatever. Like, I'm not I'm not here for that. But the last a couple of minutes, I was like, oh, story. Yes, here we go. Now we're wrapping this bitch up. Here we go. So I really enjoyed that. And that but they're still making them. Uh, yeah, well, it's funny enough. Well, they came out with one maybe two years ago. It's just called Jigsaw. And so that was kind of like not a reboot, but like, you know, a modern take on I guess I guess it's a continuation. You know, so they they were making them, and then 
uh, Chris Rock. That's right. It's, he was produced, but that didn't that got pushed back because of the Rona. Exactly. So he, uh, but I know he's. I think he's in it. I think he's starring in it. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm gonna look this up real quick. But I, I think Samuel Jackson's also in it as well. I, I vaguely remember that. I think we've we talked about it briefly before. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. It's called Spiral, and it takes. It's a terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. So maybe Saw got turned into a book or something. It's a story. Uh, it's a story within the Saw universe. It's yeah. A separate, exactly. Like, like that guy, he's probably, you know, that's it like he echoes in that universe. Like right. all the stuff he did, it already happened. This is like a continuation in that world. And so, and yeah, yeah. Uh, right now I see Chris Rock is playing a detective. I see Samuel Jackson coming in here. So, you know, he, here's another comedian taking a stab at the, uh, well, maybe I'm not sure if he's, He's not directing it, and so he's not writing it. So he must be producing it. But yeah. definitely, like you know, a, he, pay, he definitely put that money down. <laughs> it's the most important thing. Exactly. <laughs> so there is some, I guess, gravitas to this franchise that's still is breathing some new life here. So definitely interested in watching that coming soon. I, right now, I'm reading it's May 21st, 2021. So hopefully, you know, that indeed comes out because we never movies are actually coming out nowadays. Uh, so definitely looking into that. Um, another movie that I really liked, um, and I'm not sure if a lot of people have seen, it's called Unfriended. It's kind of like a a paranormal take on horror with today's technology. So, um, like, it's just the whole movie is it, it's kind of like a new take on, like, found footage almost. You know, like, yeah. yeah, like Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, the whole movie is based off, like, a video camera. Well, in this case, the whole uh the whole movie is based off of like a Skype call. So not, not, not to jinx what we're doing right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think we need to go. I think it's I think we need uh, to... time to go. Yeah. We're to end this up. Right yeah. <laughs> but they're having like a, a Skype, uh, it has to be some sort of Skype call, internet call. And, um, and they are, they're seeing things that are happening to one another as they're having this, uh, as, as they're having this conversation. I think they were all, I don't know exactly how it started, but obviously it started with like someone going on the computer, getting messages. And then the story kind of takes place with like someone's getting private messages or someone's trying to enter the group chat that they're all in. And it, it was interesting. Like I, I definitely give it, uh, you know, points for originality. It's not like truly original, but I think this was the first movie to give us a spin on like found footage. So I was kind of, in, you know, intrigued with that. Um, another one that's really creepy is Don't Breathe. Did you ever watch that? What does that sound familiar? That sounds very, very familiar. It's uh, it's kind of more of a thriller than it is a horror. Uh, but I think it's directed by um, Sam Raimi, uh, who did all of the... Oh, no, I'm sorry. He It was produced by Sam Raimi. Uh, and it stars uh, Stephen Lang, uh, who uh, plays like the mil- military soldier in um uh avatar oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it also stars uh dylan Min- minmetti who uh is uh he's the main he's clay from 13 reasons why oh what's it called uh don't breathe don't it's, breathe. it came out four years ago uh and it's it's a it's a really interesting movie and it's about these it's i'll actually just read you the bio here uh Hopping, hoping to walk away with a massive fortune, a trio of thieves break into a house of a blind man 
who isn't as helpless as he seems. So this whole movie is built on like suspense because like they're trying, they know that there's like some sort of like an expensive item or uh, treasure inside the man's house. And on the outside, he looks very frail and because because he's blind, they figured they can take advantage of him. But when they actually get into the house, it turns into like this big horror thing. And so like they're trying to stay as quiet as possible. It's almost like a quiet place before the quiet place, a quiet place. I, I want to say that you may have I, I feel like this is going to sound weird. Like <laughs> I feel like I'm having deja vu. I swear that you have already told me this. OK, I, I feel like you have already pitched this movie to me. I might have. I mean, I'm not surprised. Man, I don't like. I don't. I'm. I'm just saying. Like you were talking about it, and I'm like, I swear, he's told me this before. This sounds. <laughs> this sounds. Why does this sound so familiar? Um, I haven't seen it. Can is it is it available? Where is it available? I don't know. Uh, uh through the course of this episode, I can try to find out for you. No. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do remember, I don't, I don't think I watched it in the theaters. I think I, I just rented it and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And again, this is not a genre I go down, but the story, like if the story is intriguing, no matter what the genre is, I'll give it a look. Um, but I, it was like off of a whim and I decided to watch it and I remember just loving it. I'm like, this is a very creative story. Uh, I just looked it up. It's available on Fubo TV. Uh, FX now, direct TV subscribers, so nothing that we currently own at the moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. But but yeah, I mean I own it. I can I can I can lend it to you. Do it the old fashioned way instead of finding it on a streaming service. <laughs> I guess that'll work. Yeah, that'll blow work. the blow the dust off my DVD player. <laughs> I'm sorry, my Blu-ray player. <laughs> there you go. What's a DVD player? What are we talking about? I know, right? What is that? <laughs> um the so yeah I I remember loving it so it's definitely like a good intense movie and I think the ending was pretty shocking as well if I'm not mistaken uh yeah so I love that one and the other one that comes to mind is like I saw this in the theater and it's Cabin in the Woods did you ever watch that I love Cabin in the Woods what a right? great movie <laughs> it's, it's it's a I actually watched it like during quarantine like I, I we rewatched it the other day uh because why not and uh and I just remember like yeah I still love this movie it's still good. It's like a, a unique take on, I guess horror, the horror franchise in general. It's like yeah. it's like a different spin on it, um, and like and it's and it has uh, Thor himself, uh, 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 Chris Hemsworth, as as our lead. Uh, well, kind of a lead. He's he's, he's there. Um, he's there. He's there. Yeah. But I just yeah, it was it's that was a really good movie. I can watch that pretty much all the time because it's it's kind of comical too. And it's kind of cool that you get a, like a peek behind the scenes, like a kind of atmosphere as well. So, so yeah, so those are like the top ends. And also, you know, we've talked about this film extensively. Uh, you can always go back to our creator spotlight on Jordan Peele, but Get Out is a classic. Yeah, what a great film. Yeah. Always uh, something new. Always something new and a different watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, that, you can always have a good time watching Get Out. So, um, so yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, those are like the the main ones that I come to mind when I come when I see horror. And like for me, I haven't really dived that much into the classics. And so I'm happy that we saw Hellraiser actually because that's another one I can check off the list at least, you know, <laughs> check off that I saw like a classic horror movie because like 
every time this year comes around, I'm looking at all these like these iconic faces and I'm like, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> uh, and so like I like just last year, I saw Halloween for the first time. What did you think? I like it. With Jamie, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, yeah. But like the original. Yeah. Not, not, and then yeah. I also I watched the, the new one as well when it came out last. Was it two? It might have been two years ago, actually. Are you Bob Zombie one? Uh. The 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 John the John Comp the John Comp the John Carpenter John Carpenter one. Oh, the, oh okay well they even have one before like Rob Zombie made like a whole series of them too yeah it was like a remake right yeah like, like yeah, a re- yeah. like a reimagining like a that's like right. his like his version of what it would be like I guess yeah I did not see any of those I've only seen those were bad. Only the okay. the 1978 version like from uh, John Carpenter and then he. I guess they like did a direct sequel two years ago, and I saw that one. With yeah, all it negated the- all the other all the other Halloween movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think that? Although was- those are those aren't bad. I've seen a few of those. Like, there's one with Busta Rhymes is in it. <laughs> yeah, isn't it like Halloween like H two O or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Resurrected. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What do you think of those? Like, do you see those as like cheesy, just a fun watch? Like, are are those meant to be taken seriously? Because there's like a bunch and like a whole bunch of like Friday the Thirteenth. There's a whole bunch of Halloweens. I feel like there's a whole bunch of Nightmare on Elm Streams. Like they just kind of take that character and go in like crazy directions with them. Yeah, I mean, nothing can be the 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 first time you see the the original of something because that's your first introduction into what that character has to offer so everything you watch is just going to be a comparison of that but um they're kind of like like the freddy movies like when i was a kid they used to scare me okay now like i look at them now and there's one of them where like i think it's like three or four where like he's killing this girl and he like takes the face of this freaking motorcycle and he said he has like little very witty funny things he says before he kills his victim so <laughs> so some of it becomes comical towards the end but i mean the concept of him is very scary and then they had freddy versus jason that's right yeah they, they brought them together a, yeah that was that was a that was good it was that okay. was com that was comical that was pure comedy <laughs> pretty much <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so like i definitely want to dive into more of these and so the you know the the month is coming to an end but doesn't mean i mean halloween horror could you could be viewed throughout the year but i feel like like right now i'm open to like exploring the genre because it's one that like i have it's it's like a it's a mystery to me like oh I, and there's also a black mirror oh that's right that's right I, I and i started it like a while ago during quarantine i loved it you haven't finished it no i haven't what what is wrong with <laughs> Because <laughs> you could watch that, and then I would suggest, I would suggest doing Bandersnatch, the Choose Your Own Adventure movie. Oh, I've done that. That, I've... that that's a rabbit. You can get stuck down that rabbit hole for a while. <laughs> yes, you can. You can. Uh, I one, my favorite. Th- did you ever do like the the Netflix option? Did Did you do that and run that down its course? Uh yes, I think yeah. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that that was probably my favorite because I was getting tripped up on some of those as well i was like uh, what, what what's going on here <laughs> like what what is why happening is this this, why is this having the same outcome <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah i did do bandersnatch uh and then i think i watched all of season one and season two and like half of season three and maybe the first episode of season four 
of uh, Black Mirror. I know oh, there so was you just kind of you just kind of picked and choose to win around. Yeah, at first, and then I was starting to go down and like, all right, I'm just gonna watch these in some sort of order. Um, but yeah, I I definitely saw Nosedive. Uh, that was when a lot of people were recommending. Great episode. And I think, I think that, that you. <laughs> yeah, you you recommend that one to me. That was the only one I saw in season three, and then I saw the uh, the USS Callister in season four. That was the first Ooh, the Star Trek one. Star Trek one, yeah. Oh, and that had the that had the same main character from I'm thinking of anything. Yes, 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 it did. Yeah. That that was a great episode as well. So so I've seen all of one and two, and then the first episode of three, and the first episode of four, and that's it. So I still got like a bunch to go. So like I I would say your next one, your very next one, okay. just off the top of my head, should be yeah. I don't remember the name of the episode, but actually it has um. Uh, it has Anthony Mackie, and it has the the guy from Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, oh, it, oh, uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen the second. Yes, yes. I think yeah. that's I think that's who it is. I think that's who it is. It's it's both of them. That is an interesting episode. Really? Okay. Yes. I just I just looked it up. It's called Striking Vipers, and it's uh, season five, episode one. Correct. So, yes. uh, so yeah, I, I definitely, but it is both of them. It's both of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's both, both of them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that, that might be, you know, I was, you know, looking for something else. I completely forgot about black mirror. I don't know how, but I, and I loved everyone I've watched so far. So maybe I might dive into that, uh, while I have, you know, looking for more horror ish content, it's more creepy, right? It's such, it's not really horror it's for like sci-fi thrillers. Like it's a sci-fi, I mean, it's a sci-fi thriller, like, you know, it, there's fucked up shit that happens to people so i guess yeah. that that's that's like horror kind of thriller you know <laughs> yeah I, I feel like it's kind of leaning that line of like it's a thriller really yeah. um uh but yeah like and i love thrillers don't get me wrong so maybe i might have watched more thrillers you know that have like that horror vibe but like when you think of horror you think of like you know nightmare on elm street halloween like you know friday the 13th like those movies the classics you know and i haven't dived into that so like i it's definitely a genre i want to explore more and so i'm even happy that we are doing this episode like i said because we're i'm able to explore things that i wouldn't have before and i've been able to watch some pretty good stuff that's outside of my normal viewing um you learn to appreciate other things yeah exactly you know you're growing you know, we, we are truly going into full form of a box office binger. We are watching everything on TV. So that's I kind of want to encap. And it's under the same vein as when we do our foreign film of the month. Just thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we want to explore other cinema uh, outside of the ones we normally get to. And then when we do that, we find that, you know, I didn't even know I liked this. And now, yeah. you know, you do You're like, oh, my God, this is my new favorite thing. I didn't it was standing here this whole time. I didn't even know about it. Exactly. Uh, so. So, yeah. So this has been fun for this month to kind of kind of be diving down. And and with that, you know, kind of segue into our first review. We watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. But before we talk about that, Ernesto, about if you remember two episodes ago, I was refusing to do any spoilers on Haunting on Hill House. And I want to talk to you about a few things. If you remember uh hill house um i if you refresh me i can i yeah. can 
I can stir up some memories. Stir up some memories? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just so just uh, just like let you guys know, moving forward, everything we talk about is a full spoiler review. We're we're gonna talk a little bit about Hill House. We're gonna definitely do spoiler reviews on Bly Manor, uh, Hellraiser, and Black Box. So so there there is your warning right now. Um, <laughs> moving forward, yes. Uh, so yeah, Hill House, I loved it. I, I, I talked extensively a couple weeks ago about the one shots. I'm not gonna re you know reiterate that. But there you was know, a, we all we all know that we love a good one shot. <laughs> we love a good one shot. Uh, but for me, I want to talk about the Red Room. Do you yes. remember the Red Room? Uh, I do remember it being like that's like that was like the climax of the series. I was like the like the pinnacle point. Like right. Um, if if I remember, it didn't like the parents take the kids there to abuse them or something like that. No, not not like that. But it was like a room where was showcased throughout the entire series, but we didn't know that. That's right. In that you they are, were, were there the whole the time. Yeah. Exactly. Like it was a thing that the kids, even in, and and even adults, were trying to get into, but the house allowed them to go into that room whenever they want to, but they didn't know they were going into that room. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, that's right. And that's and so, but then like I, they were there the whole time. They were they were all there the whole time, right, or something like that. Well, it, they were they had access to it the whole time when they felt like they didn't. It was like a mystery room, but the mystery. Uh, about the room is that the room was whatever you wanted it to be. So like, for example, for one of the younger kids, it was like a treehouse, And for uh, the other one was like a ballet studio. And the other one was a game room. It was like the house was catering to whatever you needed to be in the room. But I guess the house tricked the children and I guess the adults to, to not realize that that is the room that they've always wanted to see inside. Mm, that's right. That's right. So that's right. for me, that was like a big shock. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was funny because there was a scene where, the, like, in the present day, the father and the oldest son were driving down. And he was like, I had a chance to read your book, you know. Uh, and, you know, I always felt like because he claimed the oldest son claimed that he never saw ghosts during the house. He was, you know, very against everything that his father saw and what some of the kids saw. And he was like, you know, you're not as, you know, privy to this as you think you are. You know, I, I was reading your book and like. I don't even know what treehouse you're talking about. He's like, you know, the treehouse, the treehouse that you built. I'm like, we were only supposed to only be there for the summer. When would I have time to build a treehouse? And then, <laughs> and when he said that, I'm like, oh damn, yeah, you're right. What, what is he talking about? Where, where is this treehouse? And then we later find out that everything was in the red room. Uh, and I thought that was brilliant to kind of like have it layered in there. And then the second brilliant thing I thought was the the little girl that the boy saw that was like she he always saw her in the woods yeah do you remember her and so you know this is a ghost you know a haunted house with a whole bunch of ghosts and so when they pepper that in there throughout the series of like a girl in the woods you just think that she is a ghost and the boy is going crazy for the most part not crazy but like he's just seeing ghosts and then when the mother was going crazy and she sees that there is an actual little girl sleeping, you know, like actually sleeping over. He's like, oh, why don't you come with me? We're going to have like a nice little tea party. And then even at that point, I thought that that was still a ghost. It wasn't until the mother tried to poison the children to kind of like make them go her way. And then the yeah. little girl actually died. And I was like, oh, wait, that little girl was real. 
who is she? And then it clicked. I'm like, you're the groundkeeper's daughter that you mentioned like very briefly three episodes, four episodes ago. Oh, wow. Bravo. I would say I would even say that those elements carried into the second season. Like they're just that like that kind of storytelling. Like I don't I don't remember exactly what it is about season. I don't like I actually don't remember a lot about season one. I really wish I would have rewatched it. Yeah. But I do remember feeling the same, like, I don't remember those things exactly, but I remember the feeling of like, damn, I really like, you just really appreciate the way, the, the time they took to tell that story. Of course. You know? And like the way, it's like, it, it wasn't even about the, it wasn't even about like the horror elements. Like, right. that was just like an added bonus, which I think was, which is like almost like the perfect recipe for it. Yeah. Like a really good story. But has just has like either supernatural or scary shit just kind of just kind of sprinkled in. Like I remember sometimes like I mean and this is a small screen show, so mm-hmm. you know for it to have like I felt like there were times where I would jump back and get scared. Like oh shit, did you see yeah. that? Like <laughs> both in both in both seasons. Both shows, like, I, yeah. like I don't remember exactly where, but there's a point where one of the characters is walking on the street, and then all of a sudden it just cuts and you see like a like a giant baby ghost following him or something. It was like the feet or it was like the feet were hovering or something like that. And it was like very, it was just so subtle, like just so subtle the way they use sound and like you barely see the feet following him. Right. You were just so captivated into what was happening. Like, you know, some people would see that could see it as cheesy, but I just feel like they pulled it off in such an effective way. No, absolutely. And like you said, with even with both shows, it's not, yes, they did try to scare you, but it wasn't about the scare itself. It's not like they were using like a big bang to get you to jump. It was like you had a little bit of, of like horrifying images, don't get me wrong, um, and like creepy images that you were putting on, uh, on your screen. But it was really about, and I think what added to the scary element to it was that you got to learn about these characters that are just haunted by their past. And so with that, because we understand that, when we see those images, we as the audience understand that this is triggering for our our, our main character as well as us. It's just as jarring as for them for us as it is to them. And we are um, like kind of wondering why it's haunting and and I think that's the main thing here. It's like why are we seeing these images and what this show and what both shows does a great job at is like explaining why they're there, why it's haunting. And then at the, you know, you know, the same with, uh, with haunt with Hill house and Bly Manor, it just becomes very sad almost in a way. Yeah. They're like, they're like very tragic, sad stories. Like I remember feeling really bad for um, the bent neck lady. Oh, like yeah. to me, that episode, the bet, I remember that. I think that mm-hmm. was the title of the episode. Was yeah, the it was. Neck lady. That was the one that I was like, damn. That that to me, that's where that show got me. I don't mm-hmm. even remember exactly what happened, but I remember, I remember when you first see her. I was like, oh jeez, like, <laughs> yeah, came out see, of nowhere. You see her pretty early on in the series, but the tragic thing about it is that. The bent, ne- the bent neck lady was haunting the little girl and then also into her adult years. She was, you know, she she didn't always have she wasn't always appearing. But when she does, obviously, it was very traumatizing for our character. The tragic thing about that is that it's her. 
in yeah. the future dead like she she hung herself and that's that's the the neck that snapped and therefore the bent net lady that was haunting her so her her uh i guess her dead self was haunting her alive self yep. through all these many years it's like it's that's like crazy a, a very interesting almost, cycle almost almost like trying to warn her but then that's and eventually and eventually the thing that made her kill herself exactly yeah it's it's very haunting obviously within the title um but yeah it's just like a very these these turn into like like I, like i was saying earlier and in previous episodes like i'm getting emotional when you're watching these these um these episodes and i loved how they took their time and you know we can kind of move over to Bly Manor now. They take their time to to really give justice to each character, so oh, yeah. you, so you can like understand why they are horrified of a certain thing or feeling a certain way, and then that turns into um, you know your feeling for the character. And then when that haunting thing happens, you're like it it it's scary, but it's also it's it's more tragic than anything else. Yeah. And I just really love the way they do their not like the so, the storytelling is so nonlinear. Like mm-hmm. it's not like it's very it's very much like oh you hit this point we have to go back and tell you this like there's just there's just a lot of back and forth and it's not it's just done in a very effective way like they just do it in a really great way like I oh. really enjoyed this I I love the second season it still had that that fur like that um like that slow burn like right. kind of let's introduce you to the characters but they but same thing just that subtle creepiness and like i like how they dropped i think which one got me the most i would say finding out that the housekeeper was dead was the one that got me i was like wow and then to come to to find out that it's the little kid but then it's not only the little kid it's the ghost of um peter or i think his name is peter yeah peter um he when it's his ghost that pushes her down the well Yes. And then she get and then the whole concept of being like trapped in your memories, that shit was so crazy. I love that. It's like, oh, I we're think... doing it again. I'm tucked away. <laughs> well, that I mean, yeah, there was a there's like literally a lot to unpack with Bly Manor. And I felt like the, this is I loved it for this reason. And I also didn't like it for this reason. And it's <laughs> the fact that there's a lot going on. There's different elements like people. Each person is is dealing with their own personal demon within this house almost as well as a little bit outside the house as well. And but also I feel like sometimes they lost their way just a little bit. And that's why, like, if I had to compare Hill House versus Bly Manor, I kind of like Hill House a little bit better because the story was tighter and it was more it was more focused on. Like, okay, here's a family that's haunted, and you know, the in the tragic family, it's really tied into that. And then you kind of go into, you know, you know, what they were going through in the past and then in the future. And it was really focused on the family and it was a very not not to say it was a linear story, but it was a story that was like really focused. Whereas Bly Manor, we have, you know, uh people outside the family. And other characters, like we have the groundskeeper, not the groundskeeper. I'm sorry, we have like, who 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 is Hannah? Is she? She was like the house. She was like the housemate. Like like a but caretaker. I, yes, but what I would say to that is, the first one, Hill House, is like biological family. This yeah. is more family, like family that was chosen. Like 
They yeah. came together. They all worked there. And then through that, they became a family. Right. You know what I mean? Like they chose each other as family. That Correct. Don't, like, and I mean, you can't compare it to the original. You're comparing, like, you look at Blind Manor, you go, okay, well, and first you're going into Blind Manor knowing that they're going to do some kind of, like, like, you're like, something is not what it seems. Like, because that's right. how I would do it. I went into it thinking, all right, I already know how they like to, they like to mess with you and make you think one thing. And like, they're really mm-hmm. good at, they're really good at, me- at um, throwing you for a loop in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And having it unfolded to you at the end. That's something right. they did very well in both, in both seasons. But I guess when I'm going into it, I already, now that I already know that it's coming, it's the blow is not as hard. Right. That that's that's a good way of putting it. The blow isn't as hard. So like you were more shocked in season one, whereas like when they do a reveal here, it's like, oh well it's I knew it's, something was coming. Right, exactly. And and even on top of that, don't get me wrong, the surprises though in Bly Manor were fantastic. Yes. Like Hannah, when she dies in the well, the whole and then when you see the crack that crack everywhere. It's actually the crack from that's the last thing she sees right before she died was that crack in the in the bottom in the stone in the well at the bottom. Exactly. Um, but also the most tragic thing about that, because we I think we learned in it was I think it was like maybe episode seven that we found out that yes. that she was. Yes. And like she, that her death was moments before Danny like introduced her like she just got to the house episode one it was episode one like she was dead since like we saw her the moment after she died and we didn't even know that's what's crazy that's crazy so when the the first time that she sees her so she never actually met her she was she only has ever met her ghost yes yes yeah and that's crazy and then and also the crazy part about it because then like you see uh, Peter's ghost also within um, who is who is the the little boy's name the and I'll, I'll get his name in a second but Miles I'm sorry there it goes Miles yeah. uh, Peter in Miles' body uh, he was like confused on how how was like Hannah able to like live a normal life and like you know be a ghost but also functioning along with everybody. She, he was getting frustrated with that, and and he's like, I'm I'm sick and tired of you kind of being around. And then we, you know, uh, he I hated Peter so much. Uh, <laughs> he was the worst. He was the worst. Um, but you have Hannah who was basically in denial of her own death. It happened so quickly that she didn't realize that she was dead. And it wasn't until Peter slash Miles kind of like, hey, you know, let's walk walk with me. And then this this fucking asshole, he was like, you know, you know how like the roadrunner, he doesn't know he's falling and then he gets off the cliff and he doesn't really know until he looks down and then he falls. That's what you need to do right now, Hannah. Look down, look down on the well and, you know, come to terms that you are dead so you can move on and I never have to see you again. And I was like, like, what? My God, that that's nuts. Um, he made the little boy smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, how how early on did you feel like that the little boy was being somewhat possessed by Peter? Did, did, was, that, um, was that a shock to you or did you see that kind of coming? 
Uh, I want to say that I that I saw it coming, but I it it kind of was a surprise. Like I was like, oh, that's not too surprising, but damn, that's good. Like, okay, I see, I see how they did that. Yeah, I see what yeah. you did there. <laughs> Um, I didn't, I know that Peter was influenced somehow because he was doing a lot of mannerisms of like my little boy was doing yeah. a lot of mannerisms of Peter and the show made it seem like that he was trying to like idolize him or like, you know, he didn't know, we, no one knew where Peter was at that point. He just ran away. So the, the show is kind of saying like miles, misses Peter. He's trying to do things that Peter would do as like a little boy would like look up to like an older brother or such, you know, as an adult. Uh, and so like, I mean, I went a little too far when he's like, go pick up cigarettes, but <laughs> you know, uh, but then when you look back, you can definitely see moments of when miles is miles. And then when Peter is in miles. Yeah. Like, like it, it was almost, I guess I, I guess cause maybe it was one of those things that, didn't surprise me because like when it happened i was like oh maybe he's being possessed by somebody mm -hmm. but oh well, he's acting like that guy because you know it's like you know you know it's a you know it's a scary show so right. you know that it's you know there's there's there there's that supernatural element so it's like oh he's probably possessed or something right and but the part that shocked me was that uh peter's love interest rebecca was also there as well and then she was also uh, taking over the little girl. That threw me off. That that kind of threw me for a loop. I did not see that coming of her possessing the little girl. I I kind of I picked it up when when they showed you because I think they showed you the little boy first, right? Yeah, definitely. So once they showed you the little boy, then I then you started thinking, well, the little girl's acting weird. So that one didn't, that one also didn't throw me. That one, see, that one I wasn't too surprised about, but I still, I still like that they did something like that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And also, it just pulls more weight into the story because you think that the kids are just being, you know, weird at the, at the very beginning. Like yeah, you, I, in the beginning, in the very beginning, I thought that they were doing that kind of stuff just to like protect everybody i thought they were that's what i thought i was like maybe they're being weird because she sends him that letter that says come home right like hey i need your help like things are like that's how i took it like things are getting out of hand like i need your help so i thought they were just being weird towards everybody just to kind of like keep the ghosts at bay yeah and i mean i kind that's kind of what they were doing sometimes yeah like obviously that wasn't the reason why miles was like he kicked himself out of boarding school because his sister wanted him to be home but when they got home there was a sense of like them they knew about the the lady in the lake and they knew not to roam around the house when she is roaming around the house so they know that much um what i find very impressive was like sh like the little girl i think her name is flora yeah. must have had some like six six cents because like the dolls like were i guess they were moving represented around the house What's like she, yeah like they, exactly so i don't know how she knew that i don't think the show ever explained that but obviously she had like these voodoo dolls of sorts that were kind of like placed around the house or they were moving to give them placement they were uh the show is playing it off that this little girl is just creepy and playing with like dolls but they had more meaning to it um what what do you think of Danny's story and like her leaving her fiance with this you know and then we kept seeing him with the with the glasses on and you know stuff like that what do you think about the storyline Um I actually really well 
hers is it's i mean it's she's the main character she's, yeah it's ultimately like it is about her but i think it's about what happened to her at Bly manor like because that was ultimately obviously her end right um i like i thought it was good i didn't i don't feel like they told we've totally flushed out the whole thing with the fiance like but he just stopped showing up because she fell back because she fell in love. So the last, yeah. like it was like one of the last times we saw him is when she tried to kiss him, and then we never really we never really saw him in the future point. Once she got together with the guard, the groundskeeper, we never really saw him again. Right, and it was interesting because, and I'm I'm in the Rob, same boat with you. That go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, go ahead. I say I'm in the same boat with you that. Like there was, it was episode five. That was like hand. I'm oh, no, sorry, no, uh, episode four. It was Danny's episode. We learned about I call him the man in the glasses because that was being like the first three episodes. He was haunting, uh, like Danny. Like, and we'd see yeah. her in the mirror, and like it was like she was covering mirrors to make sure he doesn't see her. Funny enough, I read an article that people were covering mirrors like in real life. Because they were scared that things were just gonna pop up in the mirror, <laughs> so <laughs> so people were actually covering up their own mirrors in their house. But like she was doing that in the show to like hopefully you know never see, uh, I guess what we later find out is her ex fiance because she has you know she had feelings for women and not men anymore. But her, where her life was taking her was like this is my high school sweetheart. We were meant to be together and. She was kind of going through the motions, and then obviously that never happened. And she broke up with her fiancé, and then at that moment, he was getting distraught because they were already engaged. And then, like, he walked out of this car, and as soon as he did that, a big truck just hit him. Yeah. and <laughs> That shit was crazy. <laughs> and, but maybe maybe that was the point, like, like, once she fell in love. So maybe was she really being haunted by him, or was... Or, or I don't know, because as soon as she fell in love with the gardener, he kind of just vanished. Yeah, he did. And I think I want to say, yes, maybe that was her way of moving on. But the episode ended was with like Danny at the campfire and then the ghost, like his ghost or his haunting her showed up and he and she was just like, all right, I guess I guess we're here now or something along those lines. And I thought the next episode we were going to dive into that more. But we didn't. So, or maybe that was her acceptance that he's always going to be there. So I guess, yeah. But it would. It, but then, if he was, then maybe we should have seen him at some point. Because when she was all tied up and shit, and she was screaming for help, I mean, hey, that would have been a good time for him to pop up and <laughs> fight the other ghosts. <laughs> yeah, right. Or just you know, or something like I wouldn't have mind seeing him again because later, obviously, the haunting of the man in the glasses turned up being the haunting of the lady at the lake instead. So maybe it was just a bigger, badder haunt to go and haunt her instead. Uh, but I, I did, that was one thing I didn't like about the series was that, that they kind of just left that alone. Like they, they started with it and then we got to have a halfway and then we're like, eh, we got bigger things to worry about. There's rather real ghosts we have to worry about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not uh, your purpose. Not your personal demons. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need to talk about that. And I feel like the same with Uncle Henry. You know, we we have uh, his character, not his character, but the actor returning back uh, into the role. And like we also almost had a whole episode of his personal demon as well. And I felt That's like 
Because his was his was more his was more of a personal demon than it was. I mean, because it, it's almost like his brother cursed him with it. Right. Because you know, he tells him you're gonna be you're gonna be stuck with who you really are, like you evils with your shit eating grin. Right. And that's exactly <laughs> what we got. We got a shitting eating grin, evil version of himself who would who he would talk to. Right. Um. And and his story was kind of shocking. I did not expect. Uncle Henry sleeping with the mother later finding out that Flora was actually his daughter. And the, and the reason why he never wants to see his uh, niece and nephew again is because, because of him cheating on his brother's wife, they had to, well, his brother and his, and his wife had to go off on a trip to rekindle their relationship, therefore dying somewhere within that trip. And he felt responsible for that because, you know, he was cheating uh, with his brother's wife. Well, he knows that he's partly responsible because they wouldn't have been they wouldn't have been there if, you know, if he they had he hadn't they hadn't done what they'd done, you know. Exactly. And so, like, I, I and I'm, I'm fine with that story, but he was one that was a little bit more disconnected from the house than. Then, like, you know, he had his own personal demon and they kind of went with that route instead of him having demons or ghosts lingering around the house. I, the one that got me was the one was and maybe it was supposed to the one at the very, very end. Like when the old lady's telling a story and you come and she's oh, yeah. like, oh, I mean, I as soon as she the little the, the, the lady said, oh, you know, that's funny because my middle name is Flora. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like as soon as she said that, it clicked. <laughs> I was like, you're Flora, you're Miles, you're the Indian guy. <laughs> I don't remember his name. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my god, you're Uncle Henry, you're the and you're the groundskeeper. That's crazy. And it's and it's her. So the whole story of Bly Manor is her is about her tragic love love story. Yeah, and and, she, and her being her waiting. For her love to come back. You see how she like sits by the door mm-hmm. and just waits for her every night in case she were to come back. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a, exactly what this is. And then again, this is like this show is not supposed to make me feel like this. And I feel like this is a different type of like horror. Uh, it's 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 like I'm not I'm not sure it, it is classified as horror and like it's graphic images to some degree. But like this story in particular, it's it's more heartfelt than it is. Like it's like a heartfelt love story hidden within, uh, like it's, it's a heartfelt tragic love story hidden in the world of, like a a, a haunted house. Yeah. Exactly. And and I kind of picked up on it a little bit earlier because I I you know the show never make you forget the show the series started out as you know hey I'm gonna tell you a story, and so. We see, you know, this older woman telling a story to these group of people and and every now and then we'll get like a narration from her continuing the story. And it was about halfway through when I realized I'm like, all right, she has to be one of these people. And I was eliminating a few and I'm like, "Ah, maybe it could be Danny, but Danny doesn't have a British accent. So I immediately went to the gardener. So I wasn't too surprised by that element because of I feel like we were getting there and even because I felt like the beginning of like 
they kind of left you on a cliffhanger on episode seven. Then episode eight, they gave you this whole backstory that we'll talk about in a minute. And then on episode nine, they kind of wrapped that up very quickly. And then the the better part of that episode was like moving on from the house, which that element I wasn't expecting. And that's when like the true heart of the series comes to comes to play here. So I felt like with that, I, you know, because we were focusing so much on these two that it felt like we had to come back to them at some point somehow. Um, the fact, the, the fact that she said my middle name was Flora was not too much of a shock because I felt like we were also leaning toward that way. But what really got me was when she said, like somebody asked, like, oh, so can I go to Bly Manor and find the lady in the lake? And she's like, oh, no, Bly Manor doesn't exist. And so at this point, I'm like, what does that mean? So this, the show ended and I watched an explained video, you know, just, you know, getting more information about it. And what they um, the way that they interpreted the show was that and, and also like also to some degree, I was thinking about these characters as well. Like we saw, you know, what was supposed to be the little boy, what was supposed to be the little girl. And like I said, the Indian guy and like the Uncle Henry, like who are these people? And I was like, why they why do they look so different? Like they don't I mean, yeah, they're older, but not that much older. Right. Like we would have recognized yeah. them at this point. And the way that the video explained it was that it was a fabricated story. So the 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 names are different and the place is different and the people look different, but it's slightly off because yeah. she was telling a story. So when you tell a story, some things might not go as how it originally went, but it was a variation of that at some point. So then the, it was making you question, well, what actually happened? What, what, what was actually real from this story? And I would like to believe most of it was, but maybe there were just some things she might have fabricated a little bit because we see her waiting for her, her love at the at very end. Yeah, I I would say that maybe everything, maybe the names and maybe the place, yeah. or maybe not even the place, maybe just the names. Because remember, they don't remember. They don't remember living that part of their life. Right. So the, they the could. She could have literally told. She could have literally told them everything what happened beat for beat and just changed the names, and you know they would never have been the wiser. Like man, that sounds that sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. I mean, you used my name. Was I part of this? But also it's kind of crazy because like even like in that last episode when Danny and uh, and the gardener went to go and I believe her name was Jamie. They went to Owen is the Indians guy's name. So we can stop yeah. saying that his name is Owen. Yeah. Um, but uh, when when we were kind of moving past it and, and Danny and Jamie went to go visit Owen, uh he was like, yeah, I visited the kids uh, the other day with uncle with, with Henry and they don't remember anything of, of the, of these events. And that's crazy because like, I mean, they're like 10 and eight or so. So like, I guess when you're that age and something like this happens, I guess you can just forget about it. And the sad part is, is like, they don't remember Hannah, which we love to adore in the show, but they have no memory of them as they grew older. Yeah. So the only person that remembers her is the groundskeeper and Owen. And Owen. That's yeah. Well, uh, and Henry. And, and Henry. Henry. Yeah, and Henry, too. And yeah, because Owen was in love with her. And we later yeah. found out as well. Um, 
but but yeah so and i thought that was kind of tragic in its own right that there is this whole history that people are still being haunted by today and yet there is like these other two kids that were also just involved as with with anything and they don't remember it um it's almost like an ignorant bliss almost yeah that's a good that's a good way of putting it uh and then what do you think about that that kind of like that flashback episode where we got like a full breakdown of the lady in the lake Oh, I thought it was great, and I love that it was in. I kind of really enjoyed that it was in black and white. I go ahead. No, go ahead. I I uh, liked the fact that we got like a backstory for her, but the only thing, and, and kind of like a trend with the series was that it was very the whole the whole story was tragic. You know, yeah. she uh, she was sick. She couldn't be with her family. Uh, her husband was uh falling in love with her sister or yeah the husband was falling in love with her sister and she was sick for many many years and then her sister ended up killing her because she was being and lack of her better words an asshole and she was just being rude about the whole situation and there was there was a lot going on in that story but i think they told it very it was like again it was very tragic and like i i like the way that because we later we first introduce you to these characters, but there's, they have no faces. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like how we later find out with the kids where like, you know, with the lady in the lake, she remembered that there was a drive, but she didn't know why she was doing the things she was doing. There was and it, so many, so many years has passed that like your face becomes unrecognizable. It's almost like, you know, we remember, you know, things from our past, but we remember the events, but we don't re- exactly remember faces. And so I think they were trying to going along that lines of like, here's a faceless person. We're going through the same motions. Uh, the, the, the acts are still there, but we don't know why we're doing them or why we did them in the first place. Um, and then she was just straight up killing people for no reason. I mean, that, <laughs> that lady in the lake. <laughs> but to me, they, the way they laid it out, like it made you, for how they showed what happened to her character and how they laid out who she was as a person. Like it, I don't know, to me, it made, it made sense. It's like, Oh, uh, she just, she's just like very vengeful and vindictive. Like it didn't seem very, it didn't seem out of place. It's like, I oh, agree. She's just, like, as you know, it started, like, I liked how like her being, I don't know if she, I guess she was like in a comatose state or, or no, she was already dead in the trunk. Her spirit yeah. was in the trunk. Her That's spirit right. was in the trunk. Yeah. And then, but to her, she was in this room and she just sees her sister and she just starts choking her. But then in the real world, you see like the, like the, just the arms come out of the dress yeah. and start choking her. And then she had like that weird, like ghost dead face on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And it, and another kind of tragic thing is that we see, and they kind of sprinkled in like faceless people throughout the episodes that we didn't really know why they were there in the first place. And like they didn't really give they gave a story of why they were there. But I, what I kind of like about the show is like, here's another layer to the show. And like the, it didn't really add much to the story. But here is a layer to the lore of the house. And like it's it, very, it, it was very similar to what they did in season one, because at the end, when they're driving away and you have they, you get that shot of if I remember, it's like all there's like a bunch of ghosts. There's like a whole mob of ghosts standing in the house. And it's like, oh, we know about some of these, but we don't know about like there's just so many more that we didn't even get to even talk about. Mm-hmm. 
and you can tell that there's just a long history of of like people living in this house and having their own tragic experiences and i guess somehow because the way that the lady in the lake died um you know she was like bringing people down with her to some degree even a child <laughs> she brought a child down with her too um and that was scary and then Obviously, that's the reason why Peter and Rebecca got trapped there. And then talk about Peter being an asshole. He killed Rebecca so he can. Well, he possessed Rebecca's body and then walked her into a lake and drowned her. And then that then she also got stuck there, which was, again, if anything you learned about the series, Peter is an asshole. Uh, And he's the worst. (laughs) And then uh, ultimately, you know, where this kind of story kind of ends is that. The lady and the like Danny said some word to like make it that the lady in the lake was no longer possessing and like trapping all these people. But later, because Danny did what she did to save Flora, um, the the lady in the lake was only haunting her. And eventually she would have to take her place in this, I guess, haunting of sorts. But also she wasn't she was making sure that nobody would ever be with her again. Like be, to be trapped in this house. So she was like holding down the fort. And that's where this tragic love story happened because Jamie was trying to be with her and she's like saying that she didn't have to do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think overall, it again, it was just a very tragic story with a whole bunch of layers. And, 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 and I liked it, but like kind of again, going back to maybe comparing it to Hill House that because the story was so focused and like, I feel like everything that was presented to us came back for a specific reason within the show with this one, I feel like that we got, we learned more about these characters individually and not everything tied back to the main story, but it was more like we got to learn more about the character and like their tragic stories within this universe that they're building. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, do we know if they're confirmed for a season three? Uh, we do not. I don't. I mean, call it season three or did they give them another show to do within this anthology series? Um, I find it kind of weird that uh, that Netflix put it as like two different shows, even though they are somewhat. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they could have just called it the haunting series. And then season one could be named Hill House, Hill House. and season two could have been named Bly Manor. Very similar to the way that American Horror Story, like if you go into their library, the way they have it structured. It's not like season one. Each one has its new one, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree with that. But, um, I would think that – I mean I, I think I think this was very positive reviews on this series as well as, you know, got a lot of views on Netflix. I, I would be surprised if it doesn't – get renewed for another season so they're not directly renewed this is according to cnet.com that but they um they saying it should be on its way because uh flanagan has a deal with i'm assuming as a creator has a deal with netflix to develop multiple tro- projects okay so a, th- so a third installment should be on its way but it could be Maybe it might be something else. Maybe who knows? We'll see. Um, well, I don't know. I, I might have mentioned this earlier, Ernesto, but uh, Flanagan directed Doctor Sleep, which was the sequel to The Shining. So he is mm-hmm. responsible. Like those are like his big projects. Obviously, the Haunting series is definitely his 
his most popular and probably his you know brainchild but he did uh direct um uh doctor sleep as well so he's very familiar in this world and i love his work i i think this was a great addition to what he started with hill house and i feel i i can't wait to see i now i'm kind of sad because now i'm caught up and now i gotta wait like everybody else to see the next thing he comes out with <laughs> uh but but i enjoyed the ride i thought it was a good uh another like again a good second season a good follow-up we really dived in with these characters and i think the best part about it is that there's it's more tragic than it is scary and the story is so rich um that yeah. and that's where really it gets you that's a great great example of horror this i guess this is more horror than it is thriller well no I guess it's kind of a little bit of both horror and thriller. I don't know. I would exactly say this is. is. I would say this is more horror than thriller. Yeah, I, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great example of how it can be done correctly and how it yeah. can be done right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm just excited for whatever they come out with next. Yeah, and I just it, really, I just really enjoy the way that they told, they tell their stories in this series. Yeah, and I love that it's also, and you kind of mentioned earlier, like non-linear. Like these yeah. stories are not told like forward. Like there's, they decide to like it's all sprinkled in there, but you don't know what it means until they obviously tell you. But that could be the very last episode. That could be the next episode. And like it just little droplets that are, are showing you that something's off or something scary, but then there's meaning behind it. And when you learn that meaning, and then especially like this is a series that you can go back and watch. As soon as you're done and you can get a whole different perspective on it. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's just like the way they structured the story. It, 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 it's an added element. The story structure is another added element to how great the series is. Like the story itself is great. If you were to tell that story linear, it would still I think it would still be good. Like you could still be able to enjoy it. But I think the way that they decided to tell it makes it that much more effective. Exactly. And also on, on a side note. The kids that they brought into this, who plays Miles and, and Flora, they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, when that kid, like, when Miles was an asshole, when Peter was possessing him, he played a damn good asshole. Like, he, he was going toe-to-toe with some of the adult actors that were there. Yeah. Uh, I, I would love to see him more in, like, in this horror, like, uh, genre or in other things. I'll be very curious to see what else he has in store for the rest of his career, because that performance was like really, really good. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, as you wrap up Bly Manor, a great addition to the haunting series. Um, definitely go check it out if you haven't already. Um, but all right. So now we're going to, we're going to, we're going to dive into Ernesto's childhood right now. Uh, we're going to about to dive into our review of Hellraiser. It's a film that came out in 1987. And yeah, it it spawned a bunch of other hell. It's got like a there's like a franchise of these films, too. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, I see there was Hellraiser 2. There is Hellraiser. Let's see here. I see Hellraiser 2, Hellraiser 3, Hellraiser Bloodline, uh, Hellraiser Hellworld, Hellraiser Inferno, Hellraiser Revelations. Hellraiser Judgment. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of these to go, <laughs> to say the least. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of them. 
but let, we're, we're going to talk about how it all started. Sir Ernesto, you finally watched the movie that scared the hell out of you when you were a kid. Now you're an adult. What were your thoughts on the film? Okay, well, first of all, I don't know why I was so scared, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and especially when you compare it to today's technology, like, some of the suits were kind of kind of weird, but, okay, I just, I don't know what I was so afraid of, obviously, <laughs> but, especially as an adult. But damn, you're going to tell me Pinhead doesn't look like that? If you saw that, if you woke up and saw that face, that wouldn't scare the shit out of you? No, or it that, looks creepy. That, or the thing that... Or that thing that had the the throat cut, or oh. the the or the, the one that the one I thought was really funny was the fat guy with the glasses, yeah. and then his glasses, <laughs> his eyes were like teeth, yeah. <laughs> or the guy who would just chatter his teeth all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, man? Go see a doctor. <laughs> there's there's doctor. something wrong with you. <laughs> I would say if this movie is anything, it's just horrifying images. It, it's, it's very grotesque. I would, my my thing was it. It's very very grotesque. Like the opening scene when he when he's like being ripped apart with the chains and the blood. He ripped that 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 guy apart. And you know when they're moving into the house, he goes into the kitchen and you see the that really extreme close up of the mat of the roach climbing into the maggots. Ugh. That was gross. Yeah, I don't understand why I was scared. Like I thought it was funny when at first I thought it was a fantasy when she was dreaming about um, her husband's brother. Oh yeah. But then come to find out she was just reminiscing, and that's why she when she ripped the picture, she only she ripped that girl out because she wanted it to be his number one. Um, well, I thought that was her. Was that? I thought that I thought the photo was like like a memory that the brother Frank. Was it Frank? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The brother Frank, like, uh, like took a photo of them, and so she ripped off so like, like uh, her husband wouldn't see that. That's what I thought anyway. Hmm. Uh, but I could be wrong on that. It could be number one because, well, first of all, that lady, uh, Julia was her name. Yeah, she's a freak. Let's <laughs> <Just, just, laughs> start with strange. that. Yeah. She is a strange, strange, strange woman. Like she sees this like, like, like ghost looking, like ghastly looking thing upstairs. Like, Don't look at me. It's me, baby. <laughs> Don't look at my face. <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, hey, Frank. Oh, so you just need blood. Also, come on, let's talk about. The amount of blood his his fucking hand produced, how it was like pool, like pouring blood. And not once did they did either of them go, hey, what happened to all that blood I spilled? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the floor just soaked. So we just have my blood soaked into this floor. Nobody's concerned about nobody's concerned about that. <laughs> also, that was a very weird way to, to honestly start this movie. Look, first, I was a little bit confused because, like, we start off with Frank in this box and, like, I guess he opened it and then he met the, the pinhead people. I don't even know what they're called. I don't oh, remember. Hold on. I wrote it down. It, um, oh, jeez. It's the... Oh jeez, I don't remember exactly what happened. Uh, oh, Cenobites, 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 something like that. 
Cinnabites, huh? All right, they're like so. It's like very close to Cinnabons. It's, it's, it's the first thing I, I think it's the same thing. Just put a little cinnamon swirl on there. On each of their heads. <laughs> it's like a thing that you would see at a Cinnabon. It's like, hey, would you like to try our Cinnabites? <laughs> yeah. Look, we've got the pinhead. We've got the throat cut lady. We've got the fat guy with the glasses. We got chatter teeth. <laughs> chatter teeth. We got to collect them all. <laughs> collect them all. It's a collector's edition. Collector's edition. <laughs> or eat them all. I don't know. Buy them. I don't know what you do with them. Um, uh, when I was a kid, I thought that Pinhead was going to come for me in my dreams. <laughs> well, it, it's weird because they were, for the most part, barely in the movie. And honestly, they didn't do anything. Yeah, you're right. It I, was all about Frank sucking people's body, trying to run away from them. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I mean, I guess. It was very gruesome because, like, it definitely did not paint a pretty picture at all with with this environment. Like, even, like, we were introduced with, like, a, a person's body getting ripped apart. And then these, these buckets of blood that are just chilling everywhere. And then after that, we enter a house that hasn't been lived in in what feels like, like months or years. And there's, like, cockroach and maggots inside this place. And... It, yeah, I, no, I, I don't want that. <laughs> it's, it's it's a very like uh, it was like you said, like a very grotesque beginning and environment that they were put into, um, and and how they kind of started with the audience, and then after that, it's like because like he cut himself off of a nail, and like he almost like like I don't know, like a part of his hand got cut like deeply, and like you said, the buckets of blood just dropped on the floor everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's just blood everywhere, <laughs> and um, I. I'm, I'm going to assume that the where he died was in that room, and yeah. that's how he was able to come back to life. Yeah, that's how I saw it too. Okay, I saw okay. it the same way. I think the only thing I would say is how like it, most you could tell a lot of it was done, or if not all of it was done through like practical effects. Yes. Like, so maybe now it would have come off cheesy, but I guess back then, you know, when that's all you got, <laughs> when you don't have, when you don't have like CGI and shit that like you have today. Right. Like I, maybe that movie would do bet would have done better as a thriller now because they could have done with the technology today that could have been even more like terrifying. Well, I, I feel like with, I guess, you know, with the leader of the Cenobites, I guess, or the pinhead guy, like. He all he all, to me personally, all he is is a scary image. Like, yes, he is the leader of this group of people and he's good. The, you know, the I don't know, the controller of the box. I'm not really entirely sure. And he haunts people uh, to some degree or like you want this all powerful box. But when you open it, it's just me and I'm just going to kill you. So you shouldn't go <laughs> after things that are not yours. I guess I don't know what the lesson is there. Um, well, because the box gives you it's supposed to give you like either ultimate pleasure or like ultimate suffering. And then he is the, he's like the God or the, they are like the demons of ultimate suffering. So I, I would love to see what the other side was like. I mean, I would love, like, I don't think the movie did a good what job. Is that? Hell Ra- that's like Hellraiser four. <laughs> Hellbound. Hell world. <laughs> like, do we ever get to see the pleasure side of this box? Because uh, so, I mean, I honestly, I think, I feel like the movie I would have enjoyed a little bit more if they explained the box a little, a little bit more because 
I, I, didn't, I didn't get it. Like, we started off with horrific images, and we know that this person died, and then he's getting re-erected by the blood of his brother. And I thought that he needed more blood from his brother to get to his full form, but realistically, all that was was that he just needed blood in general. And the only way to get blood was for Julia to seduce men up into this creepy room that these people like, don't you see that this is not a very romantic place to be in right now? I'm, uh, I don't know, man. I'm, uh, are you interested to see any of the, any of the other ones? Not really, to be honest. Neither. neither yeah. <laughs> this didn't really do. I did not get a good first impression from the movie to make me want to explore the others. And if this is like the best it's ever going to be, and then I'm, and if you really want to explore that world, obviously there's these sequels here, but I think there was a lot that was going on that I didn't quite understand. And, and also wasn't a movie I, I was expecting. I expected to see a lot more of this pinhead person or the leader of the Cenobites, but we got essentially at its core, was a lady lusting over uh, 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 an affair that she had on leading up to her wedding day. And this guy was somehow resurrected to like, and, and basically telling this woman like, Hey, you know what we had? It's still here, baby. All we need to do is get me more bodies and more blood so I can go back to my fullest form so we can be together forever. That was the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, Excuse me? What? Like, no, sir. <laughs> um, let's maybe not. Or when, or when he would, he had like, um, like he was like all muscle. He's like, I can feel again. And then she like put his nasty finger in her mouth. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> again, Julia is a freak. She is romancing, ro- romanticizing over this this love affair that she had and it didn't take her that long to be convinced. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I should definitely go and kill people for him. Like she was that nuts. And then eventually killed her husband uh, for for that. And then I guess our hero of the story was, uh, what was was his name? The, The husband's name. It was Larry. Yeah. Larry. Larry. Larry died, and so Larry's daughter, uh, Christy, was the through line here, and like, you know, I guess being the hero, or the one we actually care for, I guess, the person that's not evil in this whole situation, um, but then the, even though she wasn't the one, oh no, she did open the box, I take that back, she opened the box when she was in the hospital, so the pinhead, the Cenobites were going after her, but I guess they, I guess Frank also somehow escaped, because when she was like, hey, I know where Frank is. You can get him instead of me. And he's like, oh, the one that got away. So I don't know where how he got away. She? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would have been interesting. I guess they, I guess would you have liked, you would have liked to see more torture stuff from from them? Well, maybe I mean, torturing other people or. Yeah, I mean, they're the face. Like, I mean, I've seen this image so much, so many times, but I knew nothing about the story. So I would assume that the uh the, the movie would would be focusing on them now that being said the sequels could be like all for these guys 
Yeah, like, like what if this? What if it's a bad setup to some really great, awesome, scary movies? Right, and, and so with that, I might need to watch the sequel to see what's that about because obviously Christy and Frank she comes back. She Kirsty comes back for the second and third one. I just oh, that's her Oh, okay. Yeah. For Hellbound and Hell on Earth. Hell on Earth. <laughs> Hellraiser. <laughs> so, okay, so she's still tied in with this story. Obviously, she lived at the end. Um, what was, the movie ended also very strange. She tried to destroy the box, and then the homeless man that ate the crickets. Yes! Yeah! He turned into a fucking dragon! <laughs> he just fucking flew away. So maybe he was always a demon who was watching her, because he knew that she had the box. I... No, see, yeah. that was that was strange. Who the fuck? Who are you? Who yes. don't know your name? Just say you eat maggots and that when you light on fire, you turn into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. And so maybe that is explored in the sequels. But I guess just my initial take on the first movie, there wasn't enough there to me like, oh, I'm I wasn't intrigued enough to want to continue. I guess that's that's my main thing here. OK. Are, are you in the same boat? I, I think I'm a little bit more intrigued than you are just because okay. like, all right. Cause, because I do feel unsatisfied with, I was like, damn, like, like why they make pinhead seem so like such a bad thing. He's just some guy. He's like, ah, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, I'll trade right. you for Frank. It's like, all right, let's make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> let's make a deal. All of a sudden you see Wayne Brady come out. <laughs> Like the other ones, her super evil, the the throat one was like, bitch, what if we kill you too? Ah!" (laughs) Yeah. And there was also this very like graphic, like monsters that just try to attack her. And then the the only thing she did was point the box at them and was like, go away, monster. (laughs) I'm going to close the box this way. Oh, turn the triangle. You're. Oh, they just disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I will say I was intrigued with the whole Julia Frank thing. Like, he was very, like, Frank was very composed. So, obviously, he wanted to, like, he had an agenda in mind. So, like, I was more intrigued with that story. But also, that was the story that was prominent throughout the whole series. So, I don't know. Maybe you you might you might have a point. Like, this like if maybe this was a bad setup for like you know we say this we say this with shows all the time uh it was like the first season was bad but once you get past the first season it's all it's all good from here or maybe it goes into a different direction that you didn't think this was going into so therefore like it kind of elevates this character even more like that's exactly like it, to me, that's what it felt like. And, and I only say that because I see that there is so many more movies. Right. Like, there's so many more. Like, so it's like, well, there has to be, like, maybe it gets better. But it just seemed like a long, a really long setup. Because we're not going to hear from Frank again. And Kiersey's just going to be like, hey, oh, I remember Pinhead. He did some, this is almost <laughs> like a pre like. It almost feels like like if I were to watch the next ones, the next one would be like what the first one should be like. Right. And then this one should be like the prequel of like your first introduction to Pinhead. Yes, I will agree with that. Yeah, I think that would have been. But but, but this is me saying it without seeing any of the other films. That's also fair. Uh, But it's a little. But see, I'm 50-50 only because 
it's a little growth. That was even what they showed. That was like a little grotesque. Like, you know, they're ripping him apart and, you know, they had to like pieces of his body like hung up on there. I don't know. We'll see. It, it, I will fence. agree. It, it, it is very grotesque. So like if that's something that you can't stomach or like want to see, then obviously this isn't for you. Uh, Ernesto, I, I did look up IM, the IMDb to the sequel. Christy is back, but also Julia and Frank. Oh, or maybe in flashbacks. I don't or know. Maybe in, or maybe they're demons. They, they could be out in another world wherever. Maybe they're in the box. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're in they're in hell with Pinhead. With Pinhead, <laughs> yeah. Um, so and then obviously the character Pinhead, he's throughout. He's like our main uh, focus here. So I don't know. You make up a couple of good points. Maybe it's worth exploring the sequel. Um, and, and and they might dive into the, you know, to these Cenobites and, you know, and who these act, who these people actually are. Yeah. And if so, it's not that, then fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long do you, do you think you would take it like one movie at a time? And like, if you really wanted to go down the rabbit hole of this, is well, it, I would have to do, I would have to space <clears throat> it out. It's like, I okay. said, this is like, I would assume that it only gets gorier from here. I would assume that it's only more gore from here on out. Fair like, enough. This was just a taste of what, of what's to come later. So do you think that you will, uh, do you think that, you know, you're kind of taking this, like whenever you, if you decide to watch the sequel, would it be like, all right, but depending on my thoughts in the sequel, I will maybe dive into the third one and then maybe dive into the yeah. fourth one. I would take it, I would take it a movie at a time. Okay. It also has to depends on how readily available. If like, if I have to go out and search for it, then I probably won't watch it. But if right. it's a matter of me searching up, like, oh, it's available here. All right. Then maybe I'll check it out. All right. I think you made up a couple of good points to make. You know, honestly, you have me like, you know what? I, I might need to give the sequel a shot because there might be some more story there. Yeah. You're welcome. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, you make a good point. Uh, but uh, like my first reaction to it, I, I didn't like it. I didn't care for I like some of it, but not all of it. And I feel like there was just a lot of random events that were happening that like and also the, part of it was a little bit for the for cheesiness as well. But ultimately, like there wasn't enough story there to make me want to continue. But just having just you and me having this conversation, I might look at the second one and see if I if there's anything more than just what the first one offered. Yeah, because there's so obviously there's something that's intriguing to you because. Right. I mean, I know we use it, you know, we use this example quite a lot. But if this was like the setup into the Coffee and Kareem world, would you go see the sequel to Coffee and Kareem? No. Hell no. You would no. never go see that no. in a million years. Yeah, so obviously, this has, there's something about the story that's intriguing. Whether right, yeah. Whether it's the characters or, you know, the world they come from or how they came about or, you know, what other havoc they can wreak on somebody. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is like a this is like a a gory horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Um, So definitely, if you haven't seen it, um, go into it with discretion, because some people can't handle this type of like, you know, grotesqueness. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, as we always say, like I wasn't a huge fan of it. Ernesto, where, where, where do you land on this? I'm somewhere in the middle closer to the bottom (laughs) that's like the best way that's like the best way for me to put it like it wasn't great 
it was it wasn't good, but it also wasn't terrible. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I, and I know that like literally makes no sense, but <laughs> it was kind of okay. Right. Yeah. It was kind of okay. Yeah. 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 I like that. We'll we'll probably yeah. leave it there. <laughs> it was kind of okay. Like, it um, wasn't a movie. But it was a movie. <laughs> it wasn't a complete. It was definitely a movie. It wasn't. It was a little bit more than a movie that was made. It was, you know, a little bit further than yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we really de- we need to perfect this chart that we developed over. The- <laughs> yeah. We just need to we need to come up with our our BOB scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Some people do number systems, but we're just like, eh, it was a, you know, you know, it's right here and here. <laughs> and if it's long, like, oh, that was an Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything over three hours or yeah, like three ten, three and a half, it's an Irishman. Full Irishman. <laughs> Full Irishman. <laughs> uh all right, but if you are interested in watching Hellraiser at the time of this recording, it was available on Hulu. So you can go check that out there. Um all right, so now we're gonna move on to our last review. So that was a movie of the past. Now we're gonna review the movie of that came out this month. Like I said, welcome to the Blumhouse at a series of four different movies, and we decided to pick one, and that one was called Black Box, uh, available on Amazon Prime. Uh, so, Ernesto, what'd you think of that? You know, when I first started watching it, it was kind of, I didn't really, it was like, I don't know if I really like this. Like, I don't know if I was totally into it. But once, as the story began to unfold, I really got into it. Like I really actually, I actually kind of enjoyed this. I kind of enjoyed it. It was pretty, I thought it was pretty good. It was an interesting concept. And um, I think you mentioned like Blumhouse, they're kind of starting kickstarting their like universe or something. Right. Well, it was what, what this is basically. And I really applaud Blumhouse for doing this is like Blumhouse started as like an independent company and they still kind of are, but now they're more well-known. Like you, you go, Oh, you're going to go watch a Blumhouse film. Like you, that already has that banner. And so, but it also launched like new different horror movies as well as um, uh, like, you know, it started off Insidious and it started off um, the Purge series and like other very popular today, like franchises that kept on going. And so the thing that, and so like Jason Blum is now a well-known name that you see him attached to all these different projects, but I guess they wanted to do something to support the indie filmmakers. So what they did is that they have this. So like people who are like maybe like, uh, you know, who are uh, starting out as potential directors or writers or producers, the Blumhouse, welcome to the Blumhouse umbrella are giving them chances to do these movies and kind of like give them a small budget to make these movies happen and maybe one of them can click and they could grow from there. So basically Blumhouse is giving these creators opportunities to make them to give them a chance to make a, a low budget film. Yeah, I mean, I really like, you know, the, you know, it's really strange is the main character. He reminded me of our friend Brandon, like the whole time I looked at him, I was like, man, this guy looks like Brandon. And even kind of like the way he talked, like in his mannerism a little, I was yeah. like, man, they could have hired Brandon to act in this film. <laughs> you know, you're introduced to the character. He's trying to get his memories back. You come to find out that it's the doctor's son, but it's not him. It's, it's the last scan of his brainwaves. So yeah. it's like, it's not him. It's his consciousness. Yes. But it's like a version of his consciousness. It's not exact. It's not exactly him. 
Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and I, I liked how they used the use of sound. It was very reminiscent of uh, Train to Busan, when like that um, that thing inside his brain, who we later find out is the actual main character. It's him trying to, you know, get out of his mind. I guess trying to take back over his mind from the sun taking over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, I really like. They kind of had like the mad scientist thing. Um, the only thing is somewhere towards the middle of the end when he has that realization of of who he is, like of of who he that he's not that somebody who lost his memory. He's actually that he thinks he's someone else. Like. Man, he treated that little girl like shit. <laughs> but I, but that was a lot. But I think I read online that was a, had a lot to do with his character of being um, an abusive husband and father. Like yeah. he just wasn't a he just wasn't a good guy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> let me get get some water there. Um, what I found this film very interesting was like you kind of said like I was kind of I don't felt like. I actually enjoyed the beginning of the movie. I didn't, I was, I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like not interested because at the very beginning, you can tell that this, this guy um, whose name is Nolan, he is dealing with something. Obviously we later found out that it's memory loss. Like he's trying to regain his memory. And the crazy thing is like the daughter, Ava was basically being like, because he can't remember things she's like in charge of the house and she's like she's cooking she's making she's she's like doing so much work and i was like damn man this kid is taking care of her her dad dad. that's her dad and he's and she's going all out to make sure that like you know he is well taken care of as well And, and she's only like 10 years old like i was very surprised of like how she was doing like what do you want to dinner stir fry all right well we can pick up like we can pick up some uh vegetables at the grocery store here let me grab your phone like at the oh here's a grocery store here's where you're gonna go and she puts it on like okay we can go here now it's like damn she's very well put together and very mature for her age and like realizing what she needed to do so i was even enthralled by that aspect of it like they could have continued the movie just like that um and then obviously we uh so like for me it was very like a like a, a kind of almost tragic slash heartfelt beginning to this movie mm-hmm. uh, that I was like really uh, enthralled by. And so, and then we realized that, you know, he's trying to get his memory back and there's this doctor that's trying to get to him, uh, Dr. Brooks. And she, you know, she, she's using new technology to make people get back into their brain. And then when we, when she, when he finally meets her and like, and he goes into the, you know, into the black box, I guess is what they call it. The, yeah. the monster in the film was for me, it wasn't terrifying because, you know, we didn't, he had no face, the face was blurred and, but the moves and the sound was just like, ah, yeah. uh, no, thank you. It was just crackling, crackling of the body and him like kind of crawling on the ground and like everything. I had to like turn down the volume a little bit when I was watching it because I couldn't hear that anymore. It was just very <laughs> like creepy and like I don't like that sound. And obviously it's it's triggering. That was the point. Yeah, that was the point. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. And then you can tell that this guy is struggling. And then this film did a really good job of like making you think 
in different directions of where this movie was going. There was one part that I thought that uh, Nolan's, I guess, best friend, who was a doctor. Yeah. Um, I thought that he was hiding something from him. And, oh, and really? Yeah. I thought that he or his doctor friend was maybe maybe he cheated. Maybe he was sleeping with his wife and he didn't want him to find out like part of the memory. So he was kind of using it to that advantage. Or maybe he did something to cause the car accident of the reason why he got the memory loss and didn't want him to find out. So he was protecting himself. And so I felt like at one point the movie was going in that direction. But then we about halfway through, we realized that the this, these memories that he's trying to rekindle are not even his memories. And that was the part that was like, oh, shit. OK, you got me because I you know, they did a really good job of like, the, here's this guy trying to rekindle his own memories and let alone not even his memories. This is a completely different person's memories. You know, it's what's really interesting is that they could have taken the story a whole different direction, because obviously, like without the whole her trying to take over the device that she built, like she could have healed like people who are comatose and brought them back. But she yeah. would just need so she would just need like yeah, the whole setup could have been like her son is like she could have developed this mass developed it and then her son is the thing who goes into people's minds and retrieves because look she was a he was able to bring Nolan out oh that's bring a good him point. Back yeah. back to the light so then you could have taken a whole other route where like he comes back and then if he does it a long time what if he feel he gets jaded and then he takes over then he just starts taking over people and shit yeah that that actually sounds like a really cool sequel to the matter because at the very end of the film we realized that they set it up yeah. they set it up that i guess what was his name thomas is his name i think so yeah she yeah. loaded his she reloaded his brain file right but what's in but what's interesting is that at the end like thomas in the end became a good person or because he gave up he gave up he could have taken over nolan but he he gave nolan i guess the light like he right. let him go up to the top and he allowed he allowed himself to fade out in the darkness, like almost like killing himself in the end. Almost. Yeah. To some degree, one could think that he is still trapped in Nolan's mind. I think he's there in the recesses, but like he's going to become that figure like Nolan was like a very right. a shadow figment of himself. So like the one who the doctor reloaded is going to be him bef- without any, without any of the prior knowledge of things that have happened before. So like he's not so, that yeah. he's not that new person. He's still the abusive father. He's still the abusive father slash husband. Right. And also, I mean, Dr. Brooks was not a good person at all. <laughs> obviously, like you can tell that she was, you know, I felt that there was something a little bit off with her, but I always felt like she had good intentions. Then all she wanted to do was get her son back, which can seem a little tragic. But then later down the movie she's like i don't care about this person like technically according to dr brooks this person nolan is dead he was brain dead and i did him a favor and brought at least his body back to life while like the night of the accident he he took she took a a, basically a, a dead person dead nolan and put the the memories of her son in in him and then what was what we assumed that was Nolan trying to regain his memory. It was actually Thomas trying to regain his memory in Nolan's body. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I agree with you. I think that was a very creative concept. And I think a really cool sequel or another direction they could have taken was Thomas kind of like, hey, I'm a good guy. I'm just helping people out inside their minds, <laughs> making them go back. Hey, come back to the light. Hey, come on. Get, come on. Get that. Bring your bring your face back. Come on. <laughs> bring, come on. Come on. Bring, bring that face back. You're almost there. Here's a light. <laughs> Here's a light. All right. You can go up to the top. Yeah. All right, we're done. <laughs> clocking out. <laughs> yeah, clocking out for the day. <laughs> hey, you can you can start that countdown now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, three, two, one, let's go. All let's right. Go. <laughs> Late Ooh. for dinner. Or what if he because he can't really he couldn't really go back. So you would like every person who have have who has him has a version of them like within the back of their mind. Yeah. And, like there's a way for her to like mass switch them all on and take over the world. Ooh, you, you can do what you do. You can go a bunch of different yeah. ways. <laughs> Very true. But I, um, I'm wondering about the whole Blumhouse thing because I wonder like if if it's gonna be like a shared universe type deal where like or these things echo in each other. Like like maybe in one movie you'll hear about you'll like you'll be in a scene and then maybe one character is watching the news and it's doc the doctor being arrested on TV. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard anything of them being connected, but I do know that obviously this is under the same banner. So, but there could be something, little things in there that we don't know. True. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I also really enjoyed the second twist was that you you can definitely see Thomas being like concerned of like, oh my God, I'm in this body, like you know, here's my memory. That's my mother. And then he and then the mother's like, you should go back to your wife and try to rekindle that relationship. And he does and he tries and he convinced her to some degree. And then not but I don't know. Five minutes, not even five minutes later, he starts being angry and abusive. And honestly, he didn't didn't really convince her. He went. What is it? He went in there and he saw that she had erased him from his life. Yeah. She took down his bookcase. She took down all his pictures. Like he's like, oh, where's my, where's this picture? Where's my bookcase? Yeah. Like where's this? Like there's not one shred of evidence that I was even alive in here. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's what really set him off. As I think it would make anybody mad. Like if right. you were to come back from the dead and you were to come back to a place that you used to live, for people who, I guess in his mind, he he assumed that they <clears throat> that they loved him, or right. maybe they did in their own way, but like the best way for her to to live without him was to erase him but it's, i don't think i think she was ready to move on from him is what i is what i mean yeah, and that's I, why she erased him and he was just so mad like like oh yeah you just i'm gone like i'm not i didn't even exist like i don't matter right but also the reason for his death was that he was being abusive and if i'm if i'm not mistaken did he when when they showed that flashback did he kick his own daughter down yeah he hit he like hit her and then that's what caused her to rise up, and then she pushed him down the stairs, and she's right. the one who killed him in self-defense. Exactly. But did he? I felt like he kicked his own daughter, and then the wife pushed him down the stairs, leading to his death. I don't remember exactly, but it's very it's very yeah. possible. But if that if if I did see that correctly, I was like, "Are you kidding me? You just yeah. kicked your own daughter? That's." Yeah. Terrible. You deserve to be you deserve to be pushed down the stairs. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Um, but like that was like the last thing that they remember of their father, the daughter and the mother. 
was the last thing you remember of your father being and your husband being this abusive person. So I guess if he was always like that and you found a way to get out of it, I guess I can understand, obviously, them uh, taking down the memories of what, you know, of him to some degree. Because that, you know, that that obviously wasn't the only time that was just the last time. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, he got mad and then she hit him over the head with a with a book or something and then he started getting, you know, fuzzy memories again. And that's how he got to this situation. But I don't know if he had a change of heart at the very end. Obviously, he let him live. Um, but I think he was able to do like an act of kindness, more like like he had a heart. There was like like this is yeah. not the moral right thing to do. And maybe he realized that I was not a good person to them. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a change of heart. I guess I guess he had a change. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> he didn't have a change of heart and then you literally just explained how he had a change of heart but yes <laughs> uh, but i but kind of like maybe to your point i feel like there was still like an evil side in there like i think he did well, it like a, look, a at nice... his, look at his mom his mom is even worse than he is that's so true to a, to a certain degree like he at least in the end that's what i'm saying like at least in the end he because he could have chose to leave him down there and he could have came back and that right. that could have been a whole other ending of the film but no, he had he made that choice. He made that redeeming choice to say, well, maybe this guy actually deserves to live more than I do because he actually loves and cares about his daughter. And right. she doesn't even and she doesn't even have her mom. At least my daughter has her mother. And I right. think that was they, that was that important distinction they probably set up in the movie. Um, but she reloaded him. But he doesn't have he didn't learn that lesson. So, so right. the version doesn't hasn't learned that lesson yet. Exactly. And I think um, obviously we later, you know, when Thomas is trying to face his own demons, like the last thing, it was like the the whole time it was Thomas was being haunted by crackling Nolan, like faceless crackling Nolan, I guess, trying to what regain back his body. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to take back control over his own mind. Right. Exactly. And so or or even protecting his own mind to begin with as well, because he was like fighting back in his own way. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I, I, I agree with you. I think this is very it was a very creative film. And I would I would say this is less horror, more thrilling. Yeah, I yeah. agree. And uh, I think I think they told it in a very unique way. And also it did still feel like it was like a low budget film, but also it just also just goes to show that look how much you can do and how creative can you tell this story with a low budget uh, film. And it, it was really predicated on like really on Nolan because he did a really good job of like really portraying trying to regain back his memory and like and, and how the story was structured, kind of throwing you for a loop on what they were going to go. And even at the very end. I honestly did not know if this movie was going to take that dark turn. Like I didn't know until it happened on whether or not Thomas was actually going to kill Nolan and take over the body, or was he going to have that act of kindness and kind of, like I said, the change of heart uh, to, um, to like make Nolan go back into his body. I honestly didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like I said, I really, I, I enjoyed it. I really, I really liked what they did. I really liked how they, how they did in the end. It, 
um, yeah, I would I would recommend it. I'm I'm interested to see some of the other Blumhouse properties they have on Amazon now. Yeah, I I agree. When just doing like a quick search, this was the highest rated one, and all the other ones were considered rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but that doesn't mean much. But I know that this yeah. one was more fav- favorable to I guess the masses than other ones. And I agree. And I liked it. Um, there's even another one I believe is called Evil Eye, where uh, like a woman thinks that her husband or like her girlfriend, a woman thinks that her her daughter's boyfriend is someone who tried to kill her 30 years ago. Mm. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm down for, I'm down to watch that. Especially yeah. now that we've been watching all this other stuff, I will have to say this is like more related to Hellraiser, but like after I watched Hellraiser, I was like, I need to wash my eyes out with something <laughs> that's a little bit more happy and not as grotesque. <laughs> this the black box. I didn't have that feeling, but definitely when I watched that, I was like, I need to wash my eyes out with something else. I can't go to yeah. sleep with, with this being the last thing that I watched. <laughs> <laughs> like I need, I don't know. I, I need like a, where's, where's that comedy? <laughs> give me, yeah, give me like a 30 minute comedy real quick before I, I watch, I watch Mickey Mouse for 15 minutes <laughs> if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> where, where, where's, where's Hocus Pocus? Give me some of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put a spell on you. There you go. Just, just replay All right. Night, night. Now coming. <laughs> We're good here. <laughs> that was night night time. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I got that out of my system. It was kind of unrelated, but a side story. I remember when I watched, um, and it kind of like the reverse effect. I remember I watched uh, like uh, season one of Daredevil, and it was very like hard, bloody, gritty. And then I, and, like, it wasn't like I was afraid to go to bed or anything, but like, like you're 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 you were used to watching that. And then the next thing I watched was that we started the spinoff series of Boy Meets World. We watched Girl Meets World. And so I went from Daredevil, which is like red, gritty, violent, to like <laughs> a, a, a Girl Meets World, which is <laughs> colorful, light. Like there was the, the very lit. Everyone's wearing different colors. It was a Disney Black Channel track. show. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, uh, um, like my eyes were like, I, I can't watch this right now. I'd rather, I'd rather go to bed with Daredevil than... <laughs> I need to see Daredevil. Vengeance. Vengeance. Yeah, okay, all right. It was just, it was too hard of a shift. Like, I couldn't, yeah. like, I, I, I turned it off. I'm like, I'll watch this another day. I can't. I'm not in the mood for this. No, I, I just came off of Daredevil kicking ass, and now you got these kids trying to learn about math or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so there, the there, yeah, <laughs> yes, going back to that, I I agree with you, Ernesto. I definitely recommend it. Uh, it was a very intriguing story that kind of took me for a few twists and turns that I wasn't expecting. And and if a movie can do that, then I I applaud it because like if they can, not to say that I'm I will catch it, but I like being fooled when watching a movie. Like you know, to, to I like to get a new. I like to get either confused, not totally confused, but like I like to be thrown for a loop. Either through storytelling or like jump scares, like if you can, if you can mess me up. It's like, oh, what are you, what are you showing me that I don't know yet? Like, what right. connections have you made that I haven't met yet? Exactly. And so, and and I and I liked and I liked what this movie did with that as well. Um, like kind of giving you the mystery element. And I also like really, I like mysteries myself. I I would go down a mystery rabbit hole uh, because some of them are really good. Some of them are like, oh, that's what that was. Oh, that was not worth the journey. 
Yeah, wasted my time. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm good. like this one. It's like, oh, okay, you got not. You didn't get me once. You got me like twice, almost three times. So yeah. like, we it was it was a good ride. So I definitely enjoyed it. And it's not that long. It's only an hour and forty minutes. So it's definitely on the lower end of of you know of a runtime. So yeah, definitely recommend going watching Black Box. And even if you're interested in that, like we are, we might even dive into some of the other ones they have to offer on the streaming service. And like we said, that's available on Amazon Prime. Um, but I think, Ernesto, that, that's all we got for our Halloween special. That's all we got. Yes. Um, <laughs> at least for now. Yeah. We got we got more coming up. We have more. We have other shows down the line that we can't wait to bring in. We we have some recurring guests coming in the future. So we're excited to bring them back onto the fray. But this is our Halloween special. We want to do something that was kind of fitting in the horror genre. Maybe coming in the holiday season, we might do a Christmas episode. It's, who yeah, knows? Yeah. I think we can maybe squeeze one in there, possibly. Um, but if you like it, if you like this episode, definitely just kind of going down the line of horror, let us know. Uh, you can always... And, and we haven't recorded it yet, but if you're still interested in horror, I would highly recommend our uh, for foreign film of the month this this month, we're going to be reviewing Hashtag Alive with Brandon. That we That's going to be coming up very soon, so be on the lookout for that. Yes, and also with that same episode, we're going to be talking about Lovecraft Country, which oh, Ernesto yeah. was teasing a little bit about before, and so uh, Ernesto and I watched the whole series, but so did Brandon, so we want to talk to him about that. Um, so you definitely stay tuned for that episode. Uh, if you're skipping around to all these other episodes, if you haven't listened to that one already, definitely go ahead and listen to that one, because we're going to talk a lot about Lovecraft Country and diving into another foreign film of the month, another genre, another thing that we like to explore um, since we started this podcast. Um, But yeah, if if you want, you know, we also love to hear your recommendations on other horror movies that you might be interested in that we maybe we can dive in and review or uh, you recommend for us to watch. You can always reach out to us at box office bingers. I'm sorry, box office bingers at gmail.com. That's our email address. You can always look us there. And as always, if you want more from us, you can go to box off at box office underscore bingers on our Instagram page. Uh, you can reach us there and also just go into movie land. You know, we have our movie show on Mondays. We have recognizing the music behind the movie every Wednesday. We'll give you what's new to streaming every Friday. It's, you know, as well as our fresh takes, our latest binges. It's all there on our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed our Halloween special where we dived into all these horror movies. Um, and for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. And Ernesto Santos. See ya.